0: anything
1: else we don't want to know we're dedicated to our favorite
0: shows good evening you are listening to a rat religion broadcasting premiere podcast tv party tonight i'm your host the bad guy Mr. Mark Rattledge and your mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified. I forgot who I was the past like, two times we did this, and then, I, and then I forget who you were.
1: You you called yourself the Heartbreak Kid the last two times. I've always been Big Sexy Harry Broadhurst.
0: Hi, everybody. you are. Yes, that is in fact Big Sexy Harry Broadhurst. Um, there it is. But yeah, I was calling myself the Heartbreak Kid, and I'm like, no, that's not who the outsiders were. It was it was Razor Ramon and uh, Diesel. <clears throat> so I'm like, I gotta remember that I'm uh, I'm the bad guy, which considering our t- our, our individual takes on <laughs> considering our individual takes on professional wrestling, I think that is more suiting to my personality than the heartbreak kid. I'm not breaking any hearts these days.
1: Yeah, but you definitely got some bad takes.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, so tonight on the agenda. Uh, Yet another show from this weekend, last weekend's Wrestlemania weekend GCW Collective show. Joey Janela Spring Break 6, which was broken up into nights 1 and 2. So, um, before we jump into it, Harry, how many of these Spring Breaks have you seen?
1: Every single one of them.
0: Why do you think, I was reading up on this that I actually have the Wikipedia page up now, I was doing a little bit of research before we started the show tonight, of of all of the various kinds of independent wrestling shows and the 97 shows that the, that uh, gcw does especially around wrestlemania weekend this one in particular joey janela's spring break for whatever reason caught fire and has become like the go-to event uh whenever they do the collective what more so than i mean like not counting Effie's big gay brunch or blood sport which are very very niche and obviously have their own audiences but Of all the different kinds of shows that GCW puts out, why did this one in particular leap ahead of the pack?
1: Okay, so I want you to repeat that last sentence you just said. Of all the what GCW shows?
0: Of all the different?
1: There's your answer. (coughs) Mm -hmm. Because it's so different from your traditional independent wrestling show.
0: Tell me why it's different.
1: You get all of the nostalgia pieces from your childhood while still getting to mix in that blend of up-and-coming stars as well as those guys that have already made it. I mean, look at the first night that we're about to cover right here. Names mm-hmm. like X-Pac, names like John Moxley, names like um, the Briscoe Brothers. <clears throat> and then you you combine that with names like uh, Nick Wayne, who's a 17-year-old mm-hmm. kid who's been tearing it up. Names like Allie Catch. Who's had the who's had the opportunity to break
0: out over the course of the last couple of years due to GCW? Names by like <clears throat> By the way, Allie Katz, new uh, one half of the new tag team champions in GCW. I was just gonna say that. She won the belts at Paranoid last night. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I hear what you're saying, and that and that's that goes along with what the Wikipedia said too. I just I find that funny because I feel like a lot of wrestlers from day, eight days past show up at independent shows it's funny that this one it seems to be known for it um but it's not like you know we ever since we started even doing this like brian cage showed up at xpw um osprey showed up at hog like people search people show up at these different independent shows all the time so i, I just i'm amused by that that this one gets extra special attention
1: well, I think a lot of that also has to do with the the staying power of it too, and the fact that mm-hmm. this is the sixth edition. Uh, Janela's had his influence all over Game Changer Wrestling since, since inception, back mm-hmm. when it made the change from uh, Jersey Championship Wrestling over to Game Changer Wrestling, and okay. especially with the with the taking of the promotion as a national touring brand by mm-hmm. Brett
0: Lauderdale. Why do you think Joey Janella more so than some of the other independent guys? Has gotten as popular as he has. He's not a big guy. His wrestling's not especially great. Uh, I I think when he showed up at All In, he had a he had a fun look to him. But the more I saw him in AEW, the less that look impressed me. So I'm curious, you know, in addition to the event itself, why do you think Joey Janela resonates with people other than Jim Cornette?
1: Uh, one simple word: charisma.
0: You think he's got it? Huh. There's a
1: natural. There's a natural it factor that mm-hmm. draws people mm-hmm. to him and it goes back even to when uh i take you back to the the tournament of survival bump that he took off of the state off of the mm-hmm. brief and that's the kind of the bump that put him into the per, into the public perception mm-hmm. he, he he has that personality and then even more so back when he was still with penelope ford mm-hmm. and then they were uh Genelope, Right. And they were pay, they were playing off of each other. You got that personality. You got that it factor. You got that charisma. You got that vibe that s- similar promotions are trying mm-hmm. for, like uh AEW with Sammy and Ty, and it sh- it mm-hmm. doesn't work for them.
0: The one thing we can move on after this, but the one thing that st- stand out to me with Joey Janella is, you know, like I said, I, people who listen to the shows or other wrestling shows know, know I listen to Jim Cornette. Don't always agree with him, but I like a lot of what he says. And I do find his opinions to at least be conversation pieces. I caught, I actually caught most of his WrestleMania review. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of that now. And, you know, he doesn't like Joey Janela at all for a variety of reasons. And <laughs> this is where, like, I see Jim Cornette's point, but I don't, I don't take wrestling as seriously as Jim Cornette does. So this kind of crap doesn't really offend me. But, shortly after into the pandemic they did a
1: the social distancing match
0: yeah i was just getting to that the the the, him and um a a different jimmy lloyd Lloyd, did the turn your notifications off you're driving me nuts um sorry (laughs) i (laughs) forgot i
1: I restarted the computer and it turned the notifications back on my bad sorry everybody there you
0: go i had to yell at pat last week too um so it's like, you guys, my wife, for God's sakes, talk to me. Pay attention to me, Harry Brawnhurst. Um <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, uh, yeah, shortly into the pandemic, him and Jimmy Lloyd did that social distancing match. It was the stupidest thing ever. But I, I do like a fair amount of stupid in my wrestling. And we'll get to it when we get to, I think it's the he cluster- it when he does it in the clusterfuck. The clusterfuck
1: next uh, on that too, yeah.
0: Yeah, there is a sufficient amount of winking at the crowd that Joey Janela does, and I feel like it's more winking than anybody else in independent wrestling, possibly in wrestling at large. I don't quite think anybody winks at the crowd as much as Joey it's
1: that, does. It's that fourth wall that you're yeah. in on the
0: joke. Yeah. I There was another one they did, I want to say, in, a, in a, uh, Atlantic City. They did it on the boardwalk. Where he wrestled the uh, the Japanese doll?
1: Oh, uh, Kyoko. Or... Yeah,
0: I want to say it was him who wrestled the doll, and he fucking punted that thing. Did you Did you see that? I did not, but I do remember the one where who was it?
1: Uh, was it Obushi took a series of rolling Canadian destroyers from this from from the doll? <laughs> he did. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, I could see Cornet's head exploding from here with that one.
0: I'll tell you what. When when he 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 seems to have will n- never forgive. Um, Kenny Omega for doing it for whatever his reasons are. But I think at this point with Kenny Omega, there's so much about him that he doesn't like. The doll thing is just one of those things. But I've heard Jim Cornette say, and then we, we got to move on, about the doll. It was like, I <laughs> I don't care what they do in Japan. When you bring that shit to America and do it, that's the problem that I have. And I guess because they've they've done the doll thing in America, Jim Cornette's like, nope, you've ruined wrestling. I can't live with myself. for whatever, you know, for how much that's worth. What are you doing with your fingers? World's smallest violin. Again, you don't have to agree with the man. He's stating an opinion. He's entitled. So, speaking of entitled, Joey Janela's spring break. (laughs) It won. (laughs) (laughs) Segway! Which took place on March 31st, 2022. Uh, We have the opening bout where we have the GCW tag titles up for grabs. We have the Briscoes versus um uh are you trying to use my document i'm trying to use your document <laughs> matthew <laughs> Ma-
1: matthew justice and mance warner of the second gear crew right, nick right. gage and it was supposed to be matt tremont tremont was unable to participate therefore his right.
0: partner for the evening was Slade. Right, right 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 who shows up later on in the event correct and the briscoes win when J pins Slade. Uh, at 11 minutes and 19 seconds. This was a hot opener. Dude, the Briscoes had quite the weekend. They had a great match with FTR. Um, I, have, at Ring of I, Honor. Have, I have not gotten to that match yet, but I've heard very good things. Yeah, the whole Ring of Honor show was, was pretty good. Um, and then they had a real banger here with, uh, I, I just say Nick Gage got fat. Like Nick Gage was not exactly Lex Luger, <clears throat> but like he looks more out of shape now than he ever has. <clears throat> he is just coming back from a knee injury too though.
1: Remember he partially tore his uh he partially tore his
0: uh his ACL.
1: He's been wrestling with a partially torn ACL for a while.
0: If what you're saying is hey, you know, he rushed back after, you know, and he might not have been in shape, which is fine, but you know, he just it was a quick quick recovery. <clears throat> a very quick recovery period and not enough time to slim down a bit. That's fine. It's it was that's my observation though is I watched it's just funny i watched this with a friend of mine who uh didn't know that this existed but likes the the bloody wrestling dude the pizza cutter stuff with at him and slade it looked like they were going to just scalp oh god who was it uh, mance warner poor mance warner in that match my god that's what Manser
1: does though Mansur loves that death match stuff
0: mm nothing i you're you're breaking up you're in and out
1: oh my my internet's give, giving me issues um can we hate us no, or can't, is it, we're, we're not pause
0: on stream yard
1: okay well in that case hopefully it comes back because apparently spectrum hates me and has for a while
0: okay so, what we're you it better or now a little bit better yes
1: he had been a deathmatch guy for a while, though. So I mean, Mance kind of knew what he was getting into.
0: Yeah, um, I really like this match. I think the I, Briscoes I, I, did a hell of a, I, I think the Briscoes did a hell of a job being the glue that kept this all together. Uh, the crowd was all, as as they are always, was into Nick Gage. He's like you know the the, <laughs> the uh, folk hero of that crew, and uh, Matthew Justice and Mance Warner. You know they were they were there to take a beating, and and boy did they get one. So good match. Uh, next match was. Blake Christian against AR Fox, Uh, they pinned him with the Golden Trident, which is Sister Abigail DDT at 12 minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, Again, the friend friend that I watched this with, she was into the super athleticism of AR Fox. This was a lot of false finishes. Um, This was definitely one of those flippity do, you know, super gymnast athletic type matches. And it's, it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea, but she really, really liked it, and uh, she got a kick out of just how athletic both of these guys were, um, and how many times they got they went into a false finish, and um, you know she she thought the match was going to end like ten different times before it finally yeah. did.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that that's an issue in match number two on the card, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, running this many kickouts this early in the show is going to burn out a crowd. I like both guys. I've been a huge mm-hmm. fan of uh, AR Foxes for years, going back to when he was in a- Evolve and Dragon Gate USA as mm-hmm. the whole Fox and show. And then that's a real sentence. You heard right. it correctly.
0: No, I'm with you. <laughs> and
1: Blake Christian, of course, is just coming off of his WWE run on NXT as Trey Baxter. Okay. So he's somebody that has a little bit of buzz behind him and then has just been starting to make his way back into the independent scene once again following his release cuz he was part of the crew that got chopped when Triple H went out on hiatus or whatever. Right. So Christian's one of those guys too. Blake Christian is super young. The kid is like 24, 25 years old.
0: Mm-hmm. So he's
1: he's somebody that puts on a little bit of size. You could see him coming back in like that Seth Rollins in like that uh and like that John Moxley role inside of one of the major companies, because he's a guy that has a ton of charisma. He's a guy mm-hmm. that has a connection with the fans, all heart, Blake Christian. And he's somebody that can put on performance after performance that you could build a, you could build a resume off of.
0: Yep. I think he just needs to slow down a little bit. Um, I agree. You know, I think this is one of those guys that, you know, Cornette looks at and he's like, you're doing too much, too fast, too often. God
1: damn, knock slow- it off.
0: Again, because it's Cornette, everyone shits on it. But like when he makes a valid point, I'm going to say so. And one of the things Cornette talks about with a lot of these indie guys is when you do too much too fast, you, I mean, you said it yourself. Before you <laughs> before you had a, sort of an allergic reaction to the name Jim Cornette, you were like, um, you're going to burn out a crowd doing that. And that is really all the man ever says about it.
1: No, I agree. I, I, I do agree with Cornette on this one. I think that this mm-hmm. was far too many high spots, far too many yeah. – far too many falsies for what amounted to match number two of a nine
0: match of a nine match weekend for the series of GCW shows think about like the rock Steve Austin WrestleMania 15 Like that was shit tons of kickouts and false finishes like that's what that match is known for but to be fair
1: to be fair for WrestleMania 15 though the rest of that card is
0: dog shit so they needed something in order to bring that card back that's what I'm saying but but imagine you put that match on you imagine you put Blake Christian versus AR Fox on WrestleMania 15 and then you try to do that then you try to do that main event. Like, it's not going to work for that very reason. That's my point. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and the highlight of this <laughs> wasn't my favorite match, but definitely the highlight match. The, this was the crowd favorite match. Mickey James pins poor alley catch with the Mickey D- DDT at 11 minutes and 17 seconds. And I love this match. This, this first of all, the dueling uh, grab him in the pussy uh, <laughs> maneuver, I thought that was fantastic. The old Trump special, and um, but but even better, and I love professional wrestling. This I was actually thinking about this all weekend. I love that in professional wrestling, if you kiss somebody, it's like you punched him in the nose. Like <laughs> I can't remember who kissed who. If it was Mickey James who kissed Ali Catch or the other way around, doesn't really matter. But like they, oh, it was Mickey James who kissed Allie because she's the one that had to like then feign being stunned. Like you could, like it was like a cartoon swoon kind of a deal where like hearts came out and she was like falling over herself and then Mickey hit the DDT.
1: Well, if you think about this though, it actually mm-hmm. it's perfect psychology for this particular match and the buildup behind it there
0: mm-hmm. that
1: Allie tried to play that almost stalker role that Mickey played to Trish back at WrestleMania right. twenty three. Mm-hmm. This was the, uh, the kiss and then the Mickey DT was mm-hmm. Mickey turning that on Allie and using it directly into the finish. It's fantastic psychology. And no, the, the fact that it's two relatively attractive women kissing is not a bad thing either. No, no, no. I, I, I wasn't against it. Um, I, how I the thought... he,
0: just real quick. How the hell does Mickey still look that good at 42 years old? God damn. I mean, you take care of your body. It look, Like I'm going to be 46 uh, in June. You don't and... look a day over 60. That's what I'm trying to say. Like when you don't take care of yourself and you go through successive bouts of chemo and COVID and you get a broken jaw all within a five-year period, you'll look like this. However, if you hit the gym and you take care of yourself and you moisturize, you'll look like Mickey James. Mm, Mickey James. Mm. Anyway, I'm really surprised. I wanted to get your take on this. I'm really surprised they didn't put Alakatch over here. Like you bring a veteran in, maybe put like maybe put the new younger talent over over the veteran. And it was like It was one of those deals where it was like a Tommy Dreamer kind of thing. Like, it's my honor to lose to you. Or, and hear me out on this, maybe use this as an opportunity to put yourself up, you know, over the veteran whose days, your best days are behind them. Just saying.
1: Well, I think this is going to be a situation like we talked about uh, when we did World on GCW with Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Jarrett and Effie. I don't think this is a one and done. I think they're going to end up running this back.
0: Oh, maybe we'll see Mickey and um, the, the last writer, Jeff Jarrett, Versus Bussy. Uh, Entirely possible. Yep. Hey, listen. There's no reason not to do it. GCW only does 500 shows a year. Maybe one of them will get that. Is that the goddamn truth? Jesus. We could have done just a series on GCW reviews. Like, it's that bad. And there's that much content.
1: Well, we'll look at the collective here, too. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that we're we're dedicating three entire episodes of the Indie... Four episodes of the Indie Siders. Mm Mm-hmm. To uh to the collective here between Big Gay Brunch, Joey Janella here, Bloodsport, and for the culture with our next episode, and then our mm-hmm. best of the rest of the collective episode. Right.
0: Yeah, and and, and that's just that weekend. I mean, but they uh-huh. don't they don't necessarily run four shows in a day, though. Um, really? but they do, but they might run four shows in a weekend. Just they got four, a, day, four days consecutively.
1: They got a double shot this weekend. As we're yeah. recording this, last night was Paranoid. Uh, mm-hmm. Paranoid tonight is. And devil in a red dress i think
0: it's the show is called yeah this is one where like if you're if you're really into gcw and you don't watch much of anything else it's fine to spend the money on it and, and stay up on it i need could, a, i could not do it they need a season pass is what they need i think you can get something of a season pass through the fight app but it's not gcw specific no um, the season pass is more of like the thriller stuff i think With like the boxing and the verses and all that crap Yeah, I'd have to look Um, Next one, there was a seven-way scramble Can I ask why they don't do more with Jimmy Lloyd? Jimmy Lloyd's one of these like GCW regulars But he's always in like scrambles or multi-man matches Like how does this guy not get a bigger push Being such a focal point of GCW
1: The only time you really see him as an individual Is on the deathmatch shows And I think that's Mm -hmm. a missed opportunity Because we talked about uh, Joey Janela having that it factor Jimmy Lloyd has that it factor as well I mean, after all, you're fucking with a different boy.
0: That's right. Yeah, I, J- Jimmy Lloyd has kind of that, like, abyss quality to him, you know, where, where like, I could see him, like, he seems like the champion of the incels, which is not a bad thing. Like, I think the, I, I think there's a, there's a sliver of the crowd that absolutely looks at Jimmy Lloyd and goes, he's fighting for me. He stands for me. Why not do more with him then? Jimmy, 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 fucking. Yes,
1: it's very catchy. Yes,
0: it is. He's a did different you know kind of boy act- Jimmy Lloyd?
1: Did you know he actually got his own series of uh, individual personalized shows in, from GCW past? I
0: know when I first started paying attention to this, he had like a he had like Jimmy Lloyd's like Halloween show or whatever it was called. Uh, that's all the, I can remember. Uh, I, I think, think he might have done a Christmas one too. He
1: did a he did a Christmas one because that's on mm-hmm. IWTV. We could cover that at some point if you want to. Sure. He, al- he also did a show at last year's collective called Jimmy Jimmy
0: Lloyd's Degeneration F that's right i do remember that yeah i would gcw always comes up with such funny names like Mm -hmm. i'm like really cool looking posters to the point Mm -hmm. where i want to watch them and then i remember that's another night i have to dedicate to wrestling that i don't want to so um yeah you could spend your life watching like i said gcw stuff anyway nick nick wayne won the seven way scramble pinning a different boy jimmy lloyd with an sb cutter Uh, springboard cutter. springboard cutter. Who else was it? Maybe type it out next time. (laughs) I I told you before that SB stands for springboard. Do you think I remember shit from one week to the next? You were sadly mistaken. All
1: right, I'll start typing out. I'll start typing out springboard. And to answer your question, as far as the other five participants in this match,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, uh, um. <laughs> you might want to pull up cage match I know Ninja Mac was in the match
0: Dude, Ninja Mac was all over the place this weekend He was on he, Ring of Honor, he was all over the collective He, he really was <laughs> Alright, if you give me a second, I'll pull up the cage match for No, you me. just talk about the match, I will do it
1: Alright um, Let's talk specifically about Nick Wayne, shall we?
0: Let's Let's talk about it
1: Do you remember Buddy Wayne? The old, uh, the old guy from the Portland Territory He was briefly in um, WWE as well uh vaguely. if you remember if you remember larry sweeney larry sweeney was yeah. i remember about-
0: larry sweeney because he was he was an xpw guy uh nick Wayne, jordan oliver jimmy lloyd gringo loco alec price jack cart dude jack cartwheel is my new favorite wrestler holy cow <laughs> is it all the is it all the cartwheels that but like just how like jack but super athletic he is i was getting a kick out of jack cartwheel
1: you know who he reminds me of he reminds
0: he remind me you of, you of uh he reminds me of uh Pock. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much taller or how much smaller he's he is than uh, good old Pac. But
1: I do appreciate I do appreciate the East Coast. ace, Jordan Oliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of those guys that was originally in the stable known as Young Dumb, Young Dumb, Young Dumb. They were chanting that broke. during
0: the they were chanting that during the clusterfuck, Young Dumb and Broke. because
1: yeah, it's uh, it was Jordan Oliver, Charlie Tiger, Ellis Taylor, and there's a fourth member whose name mm-hmm. escapes me at the current moment.
0: Okay. Uh, so what do you think? Of the, I, I barely remember the seven-way scramble. All I could. The fact that my talking point on this is poor Jimmy Lloyd, what, he's, he's always in these multi-man clusterfucks. It, it tells you how much I thought of that match. And I think coming off the Blake Christian match and then coming off like the tag team, like I feel like after this, a while, this stuff just sort of runs together.
1: This is the start of something big for Nick Wayne and GCW. Okay.
0: Oh, Nick Wayne's a 17-year-old kid, right?
1: Yeah, Nick Wayne is the 17-year-old okay. that just signed a developmental deal with AEW.
0: Oh, okay, cool.
1: Darby Allen came out and offered him an AEW contract at a Defy wrestling show. Oh, okay. So Wayne's got Wayne's got potential, but he can't get booked in Florida because Florida has an age restriction. You have to be eighteen to wrestle in Florida, which is where AEW is based. So he can't work for AEW until he's eighteen.
0: Okay, makes sense. Um, Again, what'd you think of the match itself?
1: Match itself was pretty good. I mean, it goes back to that earlier match we had between Christian and uh, AR Fox, though, where there's a lot of stuff happening a mile a minute. The good news is is, is, is between this match and the Christian Fox match, nothing outright obviously blown, so I think that makes matches like these a little bit easier to digest when they're not like super clunky spot fest, when everything's hitting crisp, 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 crisp.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, The next match, (laughs) old as fuck X-Pac.
1: 46. Six.
0: Now. Oh, you want to talk about again? You know, <laughs> when you when one does not age well, I'm... you could either be Mickey James or you could be X Pac. My is it, God,
1: is it weird that every time he went to do that, I was worried he's going to break a hip?
0: <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, so Joey Janella in the Razor Gear, which you that read online that pissed you off, and I don't know why.
1: No, I didn't. It did not piss me off. Okay. I popped for it. I thought that oh, was okay. like a shit. Not to mention, it's a slap in the face to X
0: Pac too. Given the fact that Hall was one of his best friends. I okay. I it didn't come across to me like a like a dig though. It, it just it seemed like Joey Janela was sort of honoring Razor. I mean, maybe, no, maybe Janella... a bit of a dig at X Pac, but yeah, like, he wasn't digging at Razor Ramone. No, it was
1: uh, it was to honor it was to honor Scott, but
0: mm-hmm. it was an in your face to to Waltman. Sure. Um, anyway, Joey Janela, whose wrestling does not tremendously impress me. I his charisma and his antics cracked me up. But actually watching him wrestle is a bit of a chore here. And X and X Pac did his best, but he had he a super kick long. in almost 20 minutes. Yeah, this went on forever, this match. And it was I know this is like his event and all, but I I feel like Joey Janela got a little full of himself here. Janela is best
1: kept to 10 to 15 minute intervals. I'm gonna give, go with 10. Give him time to get in, get his stick in, and get out. Yeah. You try to stretch out a Janela match like this, you're going to expose the fact that while Janela's entertaining, he's not an especially great wrestler. I love the finish with Janela suckering X Pac into the the knee to the balls, and then the super kick for the finish.
0: All right. Um, all right. So this wasn't my favorite match of the night, but this one was really, really good. Uh, and this one, uh, my friend and I were just hooting and hollering at the TV. This was the G for the GCW heavyweight title. John Moxley pinned AJ Gray with a death rider on the broken tube stack at 22 minutes and 14 seconds. I know we've talked about this before because we did two deathmatch shows, two two deathmatch ish shows in January. But I do, and I was pointing this out to my friend, uh, to my friend who was watching. I always love the fact that when they do the stack of light tubes, the person has to hold them in place, like the person taking, like. You're, you're supposed to be, the person supposed to be prone and you're piling stuff on top of them so that when you jump on it, it'll shatter all over them and cut them. Except that <laughs> the person is now having to hold them in place so they don't roll off of them because they're all like big fatties or whatever. You know, they're, they're, they're not flat tables.
1: Well, I think that has to do with the fact that you don't want to have like an accidental tube puncturing the side of your
0: ribs or something. I, I, I get that. But Harry, if you and I are in a fight, and I, you're not going to be like, you know, hold this. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I get what you're saying about the suspension yeah. of disbelief being lifted yes. there, but it, it, I per- it
0: really I... does it really does break uh like stretch credulity.
1: Okay, but for me, I would rather have the the vision of safety rather than the suspension of disbelief.
0: I've accepted it as part of the deathmatch culture, considering they do it in every match and everyone does it. It's I, I have to point out how stupid it is.
1: Let me ask you this were you surprised that Moxley retained?
0: No because I think John Moxley brings a lot of casual eyeballs to GCW that wouldn't normally want I watch. agree.
1: And I don't think AJ Grey is a credible heavyweight champion.
0: I don't think anyone knows who the hell AJ Grey is outside of niche wrestling circles. He like,
1: won he won the brass ring match at uh, mm-hmm. uh, World on GCW but we talked about what a clusterfuck that ladder match right, was. Right,
0: that's my that's my point. Like outside of the GCW bubble, do people know who AJ Grey is? So, like AJ Grey is somebody who if you want to make a star out of him that's fine, but you got to bring him along a little bit more than this. You got to get, you know, he's got to get out there and get more exposure. He can't just do it in GCW.
1: It seemed, yeah, this seemed rushed rather than have because they they gave him the win at the World on GCW in the brass mm-hmm. ring match, but it feels like the title match was rushed because you were missing that step A to step B in between in order to make yeah. AJ Gray seem like a credible threat to Moxley's championship. At no point in this match did I think Gray was winning the title.
0: No, um, but I, but again. I John Moxley lends, you know, despite Jim Cornette's opinion of John Moxley, John Moxley and lends uh value to GCW. Like if, you know big time WWE star John, you know, modern day. Like this isn't X-Pac, this isn't Jeff Jarrett, this isn't Mickey James, uh-huh. people who are like past their prime. This is in prime John Moxley, formerly of the Shield and Dean Ambrose coming to gcw like they should keep the title on him for as long as possible
1: back in arguably the best shape of his career in the process
0: yes yes Hooray for uh rehab uh but my favorite match of this and your in your main event of night one of joey Janello's spring break john wayne murdoch dude john wayne murdoch looks like every beer drinking dad But he is he not the best deathmatch modern day deathmatch wrestler going right now? He has such flow to him, which is a weird thing to say about a deathmatch guy. But like he comes across as almost nonchalantly violent. It's so, and then you put him with Alex Colon, who's like my one of my other favorite deathmatch guys, where he's just so like directly vicious and comes at you with everything. You put these two together, and yeah, this was gross in all the right ways.
1: And this is one of those matches that the casual fan might not know, but somebody mm-hmm. like us that follows GCW will know. Mm-hmm. These two have quite the history in GCW. Yeah. That, uh, And for as much as I bag on Kevin Gill, I am not a Kevin Gill fan, mm-hmm. but he perfectly told the story of these two when GCW passed. And the fact is, is that there was a time where John Wayne Murdoch was untrustworthy. There was a time where John mm-hmm. Wayne Murdoch was very much... Way too into the gimmick, into the partying, into the lifestyle mm-hmm. to be qualified to be a deathmatch wrestler because you're putting your your life in other people's hands in deathmatch wrestling. Quite was literally. It, was this
0: the match? Am I remembering this right? Was this the word where Alex cologne looked like he like legit hurt his arm and I thought they were gonna have to call the end of the match? uh
1: The one where he busted up his elbow like yeah. really really deep. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I don't know how legitimate that injury was or how much it, because because here's the thing, while that's happening and this is and if if. If he legit injured himself, but John Wayne Murdoch's like, I got to sell it, they they convinced me because I thought John Wayne Murdoch was like legitimately I think they trying turned, to get it out of
1: I think they turned it into the story of the finish because yeah. you had uh, the barbed wire bat shot by Murdoch
0: yeah. right into the cross arm breaker
1: for the finish at mm-hmm. uh, 13 minutes and
0: 55 seconds. I love John Wayne Murdoch. I, I'll watch, like if I don't watch any other death, matches, I'll watch his.
1: Him and Reed Bentley are my two favorite deathmatch guys on the Independence right now.
0: You don't like Akira?
1: Um, Not sold on Akira. Not sold on Nolan Edward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, who's the other guy from uh, ICW that I like? Um,
0: I like the guy who always wears the hat backwards. He's he's a bit on the shorter side. He's part of that four four O crew. Um, Eric, Eric Ryan. Eric Ryan. Yeah. Eric Ryan also is very snappy when he wrestles. Like he's very crisp.
1: And you know who's surprisingly good at the deathmatch stuff, even though he had it hasn't been doing it long, is Bobby Beverly of four four O as well.
0: Oh, is he the one that looks like like a truck the driver? The best. No, long no that,
1: that. I think that's Eddie only.
0: Eddie, you're right. That is only only. Um, sorry, nobody beats Slack. <laughs> slack is the if, best.
1: if you want to talk Slack, then we're going to have to sit through six hours of California.
0: Um. Anyway, we'll we'll talk later. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I'm telling you that that's all that's on the verge of being canceled right now. Like I'm. I'm going I through should, my schedule. I'm canceling a lot of stuff. I'm I, I'm having I'm dealing with some personal stuff going on, so I have to start clearing up some days uh, where I can't record, which is why I moved a lot of stuff to Monday nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just like Monday nights are good recording nights for me. Tuesday nights are good recording nights. I can't do a lot of stuff on the weekends right now. Point being, um, that 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 entire show might get canceled because I'm not doing a six-hour watch. Sorry. Uh, I I should, like, like XBW sh- and all, but no.
1: I sent uh XPW management a message asking if there was
0: going to be an edited cut released. Okay. Well, to be continued then. Anyway, for the ultraviolet title John Wayne tapped Alex Cologne with a cross arm breaker at 13:55. Dude, this was fucking dope. And uh, my my friend that watched it with me, like I said, she's she's into the blood and the in the guts and she'd never seen anything like this before. Like when I told her what deathmatch wrestling was because she she knew WWE, right? also because she's part of like the lgbtq uh, community i told her about effie's big gay brunch and she went home and told like one of her friends about it apparently like we're spreading the message now you and me we are spreading the message of effie's big gay brunch getting all the getting all the people that don't know to know
1: maybe we'll get effie to send you that wrestling is gay shirt after all
0: i hope so well uh, my jason teasley friend of the show uh your former kickoff partner Mm -hmm. sent me a picture that Effie's on cameo. Hey folks, my birthday is June 2nd. Just saying. (laughs) I I would not, I would not, I would not be opposed to a cameo from Effie. Subtle. Uh, Not at all. Anyway, (laughs) night one was fucking, night one was easily, and I could have just been happy with this show. Like I, we didn't need a second night. This was seven matches ending with John Wayne Murdoch nearly killing Alex Cologne. Uh, it was, it was a hoot. I loved it. And I think night one, I have almost other than maybe the scramble, which just seemed superfluous. Um, what? (laughs) Uh, I I think it was a solid night of wrestling. I really liked night one. what did you think overall?
1: Yeah. Um, of the two, I definitely think night one was the better of the two shows, but we'll talk about the clusterfuck here in a few seconds with night two. And Overall, night one was basically the traditional super indie show that you come to expect from Spring yeah, Break.
0: This was this was right up there with you with the world. You know, like this was this was quality. It kind of reminded me, in a sense, of like a PWG show as well. Mm.
1: Like it's go out there, get your shit in, pop the crowd, keep these people entertained, and don't worry about who has to follow you because if they have to follow you, good luck to them.
0: Yeah, no, I, I like. Some of these are a bit of a chore to get through. You know, I'm usually watching them all like half distracted because I had a friend over to watch who was like intently watching. I was intently watching and I was like, wow, I'm really glad I actually paid attention to this one because this was really, really good. Uh, Speaking of paying attention. One of our segue, one of our great sponsors here is Grammarly. Grammarly's AI powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and anywhere else that you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar punctuation spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgramly.com slash w 2 m network. Again, it's getgramly.com slash w 2 network to download Grammarly for free. And now we move on to Spring Break Night 2, which took place on April... You write, you wrote here April 2nd. I actually think it was April 1st, but it went April, overnight.
1: April 2nd, because it started at 12.59 Eastern, Eastern, okay. Eastern Daylight. Yeah, it, was, it was
0: like a weird time, but it was whatever. It
1: midnight, midnight local, but 1 a.m. East Coast, so I put April 2nd.
0: Fair enough. Um, and I, it started off with Joey Janela doing the Vince McMahon pre NWO promo, if you'll remember. I think it, like it was at the end of the Royal Rumble because because they showed up at No Way Out on
1: on SmackDown. He spun around and revealed the NWO logo on his chair in
0: his office. Right, and that's when he delivered. I, you know, this was when he was feuding with Ric Flair. So correct, okay, I remember this now. It was the it was Survivor Series happens the invade that ends the invasion. The next night on Raw, Vince is crowing. Ric Flair shows up. He's like, I ha- I own half the company, And at which point Vince is pulling on his ear. This leads into the Rumble, yada, yada, yada.
1: Flair beats uh, Vince at the Rumble. It sends right. Vince into a spiral, which leads to Brent- Vince bringing in the NWO. Right. right.
0: He needs to inject SmackDown with a lethal dose of poison or some shit is what he said.
1: Inject the WWF. The brand split hadn't quite
0: happened yet, but yes. Um. So Joey Janela sitting at a sitting on a fountain somewhere in Dallas presumably does the Vince promo, and then he starts talking about like bring me fla- no one brings me flowers anymore, which would have been great if they'd actually used the song. But I, I digress. You want to fill me in here? What the point of all of this was?
1: Okay. Do you know what the phrase "giving someone their flowers" means? No, I was thinking him quite literally. Okay. Get the phrase "giving someone their flowers" is paying them the respect that they're due. Okay. Uh, it's one of the things that was like really big when Big E won the championship. Cause you remember Kofi and Xavier talking about giving Big E his flowers.
0: No, but go take,
1: ahead. Take your, take your moment in the sun, take your spotlight, take your opportunity to be praised and to be admired for what you've accomplished. That is what Janela meant by bringing him his flowers. I'm with and you. what he, what he means by that. And Kevin Gill talked about this is he used to be the benevolent J- Joey Janela. And now he's the malevolent Joey Janela out to destroy
0: his creation. And why does he want to destroy Spring Break?
1: Because he feels that Spring Break is no longer about Joey Janela, and it should be.
0: Okay. He feels like the spotlight is on, you know, the, the other people rest- rather
1: than him. Yes, exactly. Okay. It's, an, it's an ego trip.
0: Okay. Does, is this part of another story, or did he just yes. wake up one morning and go, okay, so what's the story? The story here is that Janelle is trying to take back Game Changer now that he's
1: no longer with AEW.
0: Okay. And this is they've been doing this on other shows? Yes. Moving on
1: goes back right. to uh go, goes back to the major brothers match where it was Janela and X Pac against uh Cardona and Myers. Okay. Janela yep. and X Pac win the match, and the fans are chanting for X Pac after the match, and that's when Janela turned on X Pac.
0: Makes sense. What well, we opened up with one of my favorite wrestlers in the indie scene, the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, the Filthy taking- Father, the yes. future Papa, taking on Matt Cardona and the ever uh, effervescent. Kelsey Green. Do
1: you remember and... who was with the Dirty Daddy?
0: Yeah, Missy Hyatt.
1: Can I just point out that Missy did jack fucking shit?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, did Missy Hyatt, mostly known for her tits. I don't know. What did you, what did you want her to do?
1: Uh, anything besides standing well, at ringside also, and doing nothing. Talking
0: about also, you ages. She's like 97 years old, The poor woman.
1: I don't want her to take a bump or anything, but just standing. Uh, how do I put this politely? Standing at ringside looking like a whore isn't gonna do anything.
0: I mean, I think you're disparaging whores now. <laughs>
1: how dare I, how dare I defame the good goddamn name of whores?
0: Yeah, I listen. <laughs> without whores, many you know, men, men, <laughs> <laughs> what a w what a terrible world this would be. A lot of lonely men out there. Forgive a lot of men me. who can't, or a lot of men who can't keep their fucking marriages together who go seeking whores elsewhere.
1: Forgive me for this in advance. What's the difference between a whore
0: and a slut? Uh, core gets paid for it. There we go. There you go. (laughs) That's gonna be great on audio, where it takes like 10 minutes for me to get that sound (laughs) going. (laughs) At least here, the people are watching, like, what's he gonna do? All right.
1: Um, speaking of which, if you're listening to us on audio on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, Castbox, Overcast google pods apple pods or rating reviewing us for
0: five stars on spotify we greatly appreciate you thank you harry mm-hmm. so yes chris Dickinson, the dirty daddy pinned the internet wrestling champion the belt collector matt cardona with a bazooza but, bomb did you see this shit he just seconds. he
1: just got another belt oh did he really what belt they, did he win now all-star wrestling I, I don't know where it's based out of but it's like mm-hmm. seven titles now the two from aiw NYWC Impact Wrestling's Digital Media Championship, the Internet Championship, the ASW Championship, and then there's like another one too that he has that I don't remember what. The best it. thing
0: that could have happened to Matt Cardona was being cut from the WWE. Absolutely agreed. Yeah, this this guy has turned lemons and made the world's best lemonade out of it. It's fantastic. I love I love watching him tweak like the internet wrestling fans' nipples. It's the funniest thing ever, and I'm I'm here for it. This was a good match. I think Chris Dickinson. Um, I, I like Chris Dickinson when he's more of a shooter. Like, like he's been in a couple of blood sports that were really good. Do you
1: remember but... how? Do you remember how we talked about Nick Gage returning from injury?
0: Yeah. Dickinson
1: was doing the same in this very match, actually.
0: Yeah, but Dickinson didn't look fat. You
1: know, Dickinson's also
0: been out for a lot longer than Gage had as well, so he well, had maybe time he took to put the in time the to actually get back in shape instead of just coming back as a fat ass.
1: If you rem- you didn't watch the pre-show for World on GCW, I did. Yeah.
0: Dickinson mm-hmm. showed up on the pre show and said that he would be ready for spring break and he would see us all there. And he certainly was, Ollie. Uh, he beat Matt. him and Mac Cardona had a really good match. I think Chelsea took a bump in this one because I think uh, Matt had to carry her out. Uh, this was good. I really, I This night two started off hot. And coming off of night one, I had a lot of high expectations. They were not met, but at least we started off good. <laughs> see, I was
1: okay with everything until the main event on night two. We'll
0: get there. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the actual matches themselves on night two are great. When we get to the clusterfuck, I by the end of it, I wanted to walk out in the middle of traffic, but I'll get there. Um, anyway, Dickinson, Matt Cardona, I really, really liked a lot. What did you think?
1: I thought it was very good, and I think that they uh, managed to stay in that sweet spot for uh, Cardona as well, that 10 mm-hmm. to 12-minute range.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, we talked
1: Tony. about we talked about Janella overstaying his welcome earlier. Cardona mm-hmm. knows that his shtick is best in a certain interval, yeah. and going past it, it's going to get to the point of diminishing returns.
0: Yeah, ten to fifteen minutes, get in, get out. You know, mm-hmm. aggravate the crowd and run away. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> old school heel, <clears throat> old school heel heat. Tony Deppen, who I always thought was more—I don't know if "fem" is the right word, but like, like not quite a, like a, like an effie situation. But Tony Deppen always seemed to be like like foppish almost and then he would beat the shit out of you you know and now he's kind of doing almost like a chad gable like shooter almost gimmick where he's like was you know t- you're gonna give tony deppin your respect and it's like dude you were wearing booty shorts like a month ago relax okay to be fair though deppin is a legitimate badass i'm not taking that away from him but the character that he portrayed was like i said he was a bit you know he was a bit foppish he was a bit you know dirty boy and he would wear the booty shorts, and he would wear like the crop top or whatever, and then he would run in there and beat the shit out of you. Which, which I'm there for. Like now, he's coming out there like fucking Kurt Angle. I mean,
1: to be fair though, look who he's in the ring with here at uh, Spring Break Night Two though. Biff Busick, the former Oni Lorkin. Oh, that's who
0: that was. Okay, yes. gotcha. So that's one of those dudes who's going to bring the fucking fight. So you better bring it right back to him. Well, they did. Tony Deppen and Biff Busick put on a clinic here. Uh, Tony Devin pinned him with the basement knee strike at 11 minutes and 39 seconds. This was a great match. This was solid. Okay. So uh, what I mean by, for those of you that don't know, what I mean by a basement knee strike is
1: the opponent is kneeling and that green glass throws me every single fucking time.
0: Threw me too. I just fucking drooled all over myself. This Um, is when my drinking problem started. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The uh, basement knee strike is the, uh, it's basically a shining knee attack to a kneeling opponent.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, good match though, right?
1: Absolutely, I'm a huge fan of Tony Depp especially when he was uh part of uh, Violence Unlimited and Ring of Honor towards its dying days as well. I mm-hmm. think Tony Deppin would be somebody that Nick that uh, Tony Khan would be very well served to get back involved with Ring of Honor in the reboot.
0: If the WWE weren't so interested in big athletes, like Tony, there's no reason Tony Deppin couldn't be a solid hand in NXT. I agree. Y- you know who he reminds me of, actually, and the,
1: you you segue me perfectly for this. You know who he reminds me of. Who do you remind you of? Roderick Strong.
0: Yeah, I would love to see Roddy and Deppin go at it. Um, All right, next match. This one I actually don't remember. Mike Bailey pins Jordan Oliver with the Flamingo driver at just under 10 minutes. Refresh my memory here.
1: Okay, so this was the match that was supposed to be PCO versus Mike Bailey. Okay. Uh, PCO got pulled because he suffered a concussion at a multiverse of matches for Impact Wrestling the night before.
0: Uh, He's also 100 years old.
1: And there's that that too. Uh, Jordan Oliver is the guy known as the East Coast Ace. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. The leader, of young, dumb, and broke. Right. Mike Bailey is the guy that does like the karate gimmick. You've seen him on Impact Wrestling.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: this was basically just the two of them trading stuff until until Bailey hit the flamingo driver for the finish. The flamingo driver, if you do, if you don't recall, is that shoulder stacked Omega driver, where like the cross legged into the sit out driver. Mm-hmm. So uh bailey picks up the win here bailey had himself a busy weekend at the collective too so he was one of those guys that was putting in work at the Mm -hmm. collective oliver is somebody who i think is super underrated but in fairness he's also really young so he's only going to get better
0: all right in the best match of the entire second night show this was this should have been the main event this is by far i don't know what you're shaking your head about Dude, Minoru Suzuki, Death Grandpa, as he's been nicknamed. Death versus- Grandpa is a fantastic
1: nickname. <laughs> that is
0: the best. I want to be known as Death Grandpa when I get to be Minoru Suzuki aged. But yeah, Minoru Suzuki versus Effie. Uh, he pinned him with the cradle pile driver at 9 minutes and 10 seconds. Dude, Effie, I know I say this a lot. Like, take a drink every time I say someone's my favorite wrestler. But, like, take the best parts of Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg. Take the best parts of Goldust, but, you know, and, and, and put them with, like, you know, like a punk rock wrestler, you know, and somebody who's like, just very much in your face about like, we're not the LGBTQ community is just not going anywhere. And we're not going to act a different way, because it might make you uncomfortable. And oh, by the way, we can take a beating. Like, that's great. I love what like, you brought up in the last show, like gay wrestling, as if there's a different kind of wrestling. But I, we were the point that you were trying to get at. Listening, listening back to it is that Effie does like very specifically, like antagonistically, like gay things in the yes. match, and it's hilarious. Almost,
1: but almost cliche, which is my issue with it.
0: See, but, I, I, wrestling I, is not. I mean, it is, but it's not like high performance art here. You're, you're point, talking about a, like a lowbrow crowd.
1: No, I don't disagree with that. You're looking mm-hmm. LCD here, lowest common denominator booking, yeah. and I don't disagree with you. Mm -hmm. But the the point that I'm making about Effie here and the point that I'm saying there is Effie is actually a very good wrestler when Effie doesn't stick to shtick. Right. When Effie actually puts in that work, like he he put in the work for part of the match with Suzuki, but there was a lot of shtick in the match with Suzuki as well, which threw me off, which is why I didn't especially care for this But here's the
0: uh, thing. No, I love this. But here's the thing. Like John Moxley took on Suzuki, I believe it was last year uh for new japan i think they like the new japan american show oh uh the one in um the the one in new orleans i think it was maybe yeah and you can clearly see suzuki's not you know this is not going to be chris ben walker angle okay no i agree the guy is older and slower and he's doing more shtick like if you see him in moxley they did a lot of shtick in their match they did a lot of like just slapping each other around and stuff like that and so i think look, if Minoru Suzuki was clearly in on the gag, he knew he was, he was in there with, they knew this was not going to be you know, like a shooter kind of a match, and he, and it looked like whatever nonsense Effie was doing, the Suzuki was there for, and that's what I'm saying, it was like was it like the best wrestled match? No. Was it the most entertaining? By far. Well, okay, so
1: to put this into perspective here, do you watch mm-hmm. a ton of New Japan? Uh, here and there. Does the name Toro Yano mean anything to you? I've heard
0: that name before.
1: Effie is kind of the American equivalent to Toro Yano for Minoru Suzuki. It's, mm-hmm. it's he's a very stick-heavy guy. But if you're able to adjust to his style of match, then you can have that that, that clash the, those styles mending mm-hmm. instead of clashing like they have in the past with Suzuki and other people.
0: So much of the LGBTQ poly EM community talks about like DOMs and FEMs and um, DOMs and submissives, rather. And it's so funny watching Effie wrestle because he very much does like a you know <laughs> he very much does like a, like come on dominate me already and then you try to and then like he actually will try to wrestle you so like there's a lot of like he's like provoking Suzuki through the first part of that match and like, again yeah, there's not a lot of wrestling going on there but he was like come on you know like uh, there was a lot of like come on slap me and then and then Suzuki hits him hard like he like you he, like, he really put some spit on it and Effie's like Ooh, more of that please. And then he hit, and then, then he hits them back, and it's I don't know. I for me that's more fun to watch, and the person I was watching it with thought oh, that was a hoot than two skinny guys doing flippity doos for twenty minutes.
1: No, but my other issue with this match too is if this is one of the more key promoted matches for uh for spring break, why is it only going nine minutes?
0: because we needed to dedicate an hour and a half to the nonsense that came next. Okay, that's fair, because fuck <laughs> this match. Jesus. Oh my god. I've never hated a wrestling match so much in my life. Uh,
1: there have been previous clusterfucks that have been very good, actually. Okay. So let me start by saying that. The clusterfuck is a spring break tradition. Okay. That being said, what, what did I time it at on the thing? An, an hour, hour and 22
0: 60. minutes.
1: An hour and 22? Yeah. yeah. And more to the point here,
0: why the fuck is a group winning the Clusterfuck? Dude, there was so much wrong with this match. Like, let's just go through it. So you have Joey Janela, who almost goes coast to coast, and then he gets eliminated towards the end, and you're like, wait, why? Okay, actually,
1: that I did like. And the reason I like that is because that sets up Joey Janela's next program with the previously mentioned Nick Wayne, because Nick Wayne was the one who who eliminated Janela from the
0: cluster. That's fine, but the Nick Nick Wayne should have won. Like Nick Wayne should have been the one to eliminate. Jerry I Janella. think eliminating
1: Janela was enough of a rub for him to go forward into that program with Janela. But,
0: but the winners you, of the stupid thing were the Second Gear Crew. Which why is a group winning this?
1: And see, I think that this would have been an opportunity to put some dissension in the Second Gear Crew by having them have to battle out for the win of the cluster. Or
0: and hear me out, just put the seventeen-year-old over. Like why <laughs> you're saying like it's enough? Or he could have a little bit more. You know, or you could have that story where, you know, the second gear crew gets. I just let, let me go back. So I read up on this and I get that it's somewhat of a joke match. It's just, yes, very, there's lonely, a, lot very sh- there, a lot
1: of a lot of shtick, a lot of winking right. and not, so There's or, the
0: invisible man in there, which yes. the fact that they did the invisible man thing for as long as they did. Actually, it was one of those like family guy things where I laughed at first and then I groaned and then it went on for so long. I went back to laughing again.
1: Let's go to Ollie with the invisible man report. Ollie.
0: he was there thanks ollie (laughs) thanks ollie um good old uh dark Sheik was in there again uh she was in there for a while as a matter of fact they did a lot
1: of (laughs) they did a lot of women participants in this match
0: oh they they had like an avengers moment
1: yeah they had like that full no i got it they had that full-on like eight woman face-off in the middle of the ring with all of them standing and glaring at each other like jazzy yang and Mm -hmm. um uh, Dark Sheik and uh, Trisha like the,
0: the girls get it done moment, which I laughed at.
1: Well, that was actually a callback to uh, the third mm-hmm. Clusterfuck, which had a mm-hmm. no contest because Janela refused to book any women for it. So they all came in and destroyed the ending of the match.
0: Yeah, they 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 talked a little bit about that. That like this was... Prazak
1: like talked about it and it made sense for mm-hmm. Prazak to be the one to talk about it, given the fact of Prazak's involvement with women's wrestling in the United States. Let's
0: not forget, Prazak right. is the proprietor of uh, Shimmer. So this was and this is why I brought up the social distancing match, because because jo- Jimmy Lloyd walks out, they do the and,
1: they do the callback. Yes.
0: Yeah. And so the, he, he, so he's like pretending that he has COVID basically, because that's <laughs> not tasteless at all. And they do the social distancing match in there, which, again, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, you're like, this is dumb. But if you're like my friend who's just in for a good time and wants to be entertained, she cried watching that she was laughing so hard.
1: If you're in on the joke, that bit is funny. Right. If you're not in on the joke, then it's eye roll inducing. Uh, there is a quote from Mike Spillane, professionally mm-hmm. known as Mike Quackenbush. Yeah. To those who get it, no explanation is necessary.
0: To those who don't, no explanation will do. This was entirely too long. The I wrong agree. People want it. I, I agree. I, I also didn't like the fact that i I've, they you would lose people on camera for a while, like like Dark Sheik being a really good example of this, to the point where I thought she was eliminated two and three times, but she would just disappear off camera, and then she'd come back. Like there there was a bit where Joey Janela they were smoking pot in the ring at one point, and Joey Janela had been gone for a while, and I thought he had been eliminated, but he wasn't. He just went in the back for a bit, like a bit. Like, come on, either eliminate people or leave them somewhere in the vicinity of the ring. The fact that they can just fuck off and then there's and then come back to the match later like who is this Austin and McMahon? Like <laughs> <laughs> So I mean it's a good comparison, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that it was because here's the thing. I didn't know when I when I was watching, I know what it is now, but when I was watching it the first time, I didn't realize what this was. I also thought it was only going to be about 20 minutes to a half an hour, not an hour almost an almost an hour and a half.
1: No, the issue the issue that I had wasn't necessarily some of the bits and stuff, some of the spots mm-hmm. and stuff. I could have gotten over that. The issue that I had with this match was the length—way yeah.
0: too long. Who was your favorite, like goofy surprise? My my favorite was the guy with the fake mask on in the in the overalls who couldn't figure out how to get in the ring. Oh, uh guy Steele. Yeah, I, I kept waiting for that to be somebody else. I was like, come on, he's got. I'm a
1: sure there's. Some, yeah, I'm I'm sure there's an unmasking coming in a future GCW show for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I I gotta admit, I popped for Maven. <laughs>
0: Yes, Maven came in, made an appearance, and promptly walked out again. Someone yeah. should have thrown him into a popcorn machine. <laughs> Speaking of Royal Rumble two thousand and two, yes,
1: um, I, 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 it was good to see him, and I've always been a big fan of Hoshel's "Around the Stars" his theme mm-hmm. song. So hearing the hearing the theme song again brought back a little bit of a nostalgia for me. Um. Manders or not Manders, uh, Matthew Justice, AJ Gray, and Mance Warner survive at one hour, yeah. 22 minutes, and 41 it, seconds.
0: The, here's the thing like, if 440 wins, fine. They were like, you know, the heel group running roughshod mm-hmm. over people. Um, that made more sense. The group that came in at the end that, that was eliminated by the second gear crew, if they had won it, LA five, yeah, it, I that would have made somewhat more sense. It would have led less of an impact. The fact that the second gear crew come in at the very end and then win the thing, I'm like, what was the point of the previous hour and ten minutes then? Why why, why did we even do this? You're not wrong. I don't disagree. Like I, By and large, I understand the joke of the clusterfuck.
1: Yeah. But the the finishing for it. Uh, Joey Janela said he wants to destroy the clusterfuck. Well, the booking
0: almost managed to succeed there, Joey. So yeah, that second... Like, like I said, the, the, the story of these shows... And even... Let me go back. Everything up through Minoru Suzuki versus Effie was fantastic. Like, I I legitimately enjoyed both nights. Good to great. The clusterfuck, like, you ever just miss a question on a test and it brings your whole average down because it's Mm -hmm. like a 10-point question or whatever? Mm -hmm. That's what this was. Like, you managed to ruin night two with the clusterfuck, and you kind of took away from one. That's how bad this is.
1: Like, I would give night one, like, a nine. Basically, yeah. because there's something for everybody on that show. Night two is like a seven, and the reason it's a seven is because the clusterfuck drags it down a good point point and a half.
0: Yeah, no, I up like I said up until the clusterfuck, I was really really enjoying it. Like it was a solid night of wrestling. My, like, I, I get you're going to get some goofy shit with GCW, but for the of most course. part, everyone was there and taking it seriously, and it wasn't it wasn't too bet too off the beaten path. And then you get to this clusterfuck, and you're like, oh, we're going to be clowns again. Got it. Yay. Okay. and the problem,
1: and we'll move on from here. The other yeah. issue that I have is there were so many people made to look ridiculous in this match that are big parts of GCW, mm-hmm. and I have that issue. We have that issue as wrestling fans when it happens on mainstream. Why are we giving the independents a pass on that? Yeah, why, exactly. why would we? Why would we give the independents a pass on? Oh, this guy's a huge, huge deal here. Uh, well, guess what? You get to look like a fucking douche, as Pat Patterson would
0: say. What do you think of the entrance music throughout all of this?
1: I always appreciate the fact that they use actual licensed songs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I know
0: what your favorite song used on this show was. What was my favorite song? Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road for Effie. Of course. And you can find Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road on Amazon Music Unlimited. And did you know Harry Broadhurst of the Broadhurst and Watkins Sports Report? Why did you guys name it that? <laughs> like,
1: uh <laughs> so bwsr sports Mm -hmm. in black and white
0: okay see i would have just stayed with the kickoff
1: uh the kickoff is a multi-person show bwsr is just me and eric
0: it is whatever you say it is and i would have because i am a simple branding man would have just kept it like uh, chris bailey made this argument to me too he was like we think we should just do our own posman show i'm like how about you keep to the formats i've already done i don't want to create 50 shows you know, you, said you did the same thing. Like we should just do our separate indie cider thing. No, it's a TV party. Fuck off. Because I'm only making. <laughs> it
1: should indie Ciders should have been its own deal. I'm just saying.
0: You know, I, I, I'm doing this whole thing on David Simon. Those are all TV parties too. But within that column, they're individualized. But things. did
1: you know you could listen to the indie ciders as a part of TV party tonight on Amazon Music?
0: You can, Harry Broadhurst of the Screaming Boy Podcast. Uh, if you click the link in, in the description of this show at getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network, you can get a free 30-day trial of Amazon Music Unlimited. Make sure you complete the sign-up process. Uh, if you want, if you like it, you can keep it. Uh, just pay the fee each month, which is comparative to Spotify. Apple it's like Music. 10 bucks a month. Yeah, or you can cancel it. No fuss, no must, no contract. So that is it for Joey Janela's spring break. You didn't give me an answer to your rating for the show. What did you think of the two shows? Um, I the, I am in agreement that the first, night one is probably like an eight or nine for me. Yeah, night two would be higher if it wasn't for the stupid actual clusterfuck. Um, so I'm going to say it's a five. It was it bothered me that much. Was,
1: uh, you know really- who else was? You know who else was never a big fan of the clusterfuck?
0: Mm. Uh, Larry Zonka rest his soul. Yeah, I don't blame him, like, Zonk- Larry. Larry Z- la- Larry Zonka only, hated the clusterfuck. Larry could only take so much of the nonsense before he was like, this is a giant waste of my time. Um, anyway, so the next... Uh, we're going to be changing the date that we record these. We're going to be moving them to Mondays at 11. So um, I'll be doing double duties. I'll be doing either a TV party or an on-trial or something um, at 9 o'clock, and then we'll try to keep it to an hour, and then Harry and I will reset, and we'll do an 11 o'clock recording for these IndieCider shows. The next one will be Bloodsport, And for the culture from uh, from the Collective 2022, that's going to be May 2nd. And then May 9th, we'll be doing the best of the Collective. We'll select our favorite matches from each one of the cards, just kind of go back and forth. Um, Then we skip a week, and we're back. We'll do something on the the 23rd. Maybe XPW California. It may not be.
1: Definitely going to be Freelance Thrash
0: Unreal, though. Yeah, um, we'll see what else. By the time we get to the end of May, we'll see what else has uh, occurred out there that we might want to talk about. Because, if again, if I have to watch a six-hour fucking wrestling show, I'm not watching a six-hour wrestling show.
1: If uh, More specifically, if we have to watch a six-hour
0: wrestling show, it's not going to be XPW. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, this week on the Rattling Broadcasting Network... Tomorrow, uh, we have a re-airing of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Jesse's got an Unspoken Issues coming out for Cosmic Carnage. And myself and Ronnie Adams will be reviewing Ambulance, the new Michael Bay movie that nobody saw. That looks really good. I I really enjoyed it. Apparently, nobody bothered to go see it. And that's okay, because in about a month and a half, you'll be able to watch it on Peacock. Uh, Tuesday is the traditional DMU Hollywood night, and we will be going with the number one movie of the weekend, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which was fucking dope. My kids loved it, <laughs> so you can hear us gush about it on Tuesday. Well, you can hear us gush mostly about it. There's about a 10-minute segment in the movie that Robert Winfrey is probably going to rail against. Uh, Speaking of getting railed, Homicide, Life on the Street, Season Giggity. 5. <laughs> Myself and Jesse Starcher will be kicking off our uh two- to three-year-long look into the Great works of David Simon that he produced, uh, starting with *Homicide: Life on the Street* season five, and then Thursday. Uh, <laughs> allegedly, I'm threatening to do this at ten o'clock. I may have to push it back depending on when we're supposed to be doing this work thing I have to be involved with. Uh, but that's going to be allegedly ten o'clock uh, for *Resident Alien* season two, part one, starring Alan Tudick.
1: Why are um, you stealing? Why are you stealing my and Eric's Thursday night spot?
0: What now? What is your problem? Yes,
1: BWSR Thursday nights at eleven.
0: Yeah, and we were there first. So I won't use Twitch. Stop bothering me. Um, (laughs) Friday, Friday we have a refreshing of our Fantastic Beast: The Crimes of Grindelwald. That's already a published show, but uh, that never got a page. So it'll have one. The fifteenth. Yeah, two years is two years of oops. By the way. On April 16th, we will be re-airing our review of Inferno from a few years ago, starring Tom Hanks. And then in the evening time, uh, myself and Dan Lasby will be doing a uh, alternative commentary for Errol Spence versus Eugenius Ugas. I- All right,
1: to, Real quick, I meant to ask you, what did you think of 273
0: last night? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it was a good night of fight. It's just I was, <laughs> I was not particularly coherent at times and I had to get I, I did not get a lot of sleep th- this week. And this was also a work weekend for me. So, you know, up at six, you know, going gotcha. to bed. I think I, I went out to go see Ambulance with uh, the, the same friend that I watched uh, Joey Janela with and we didn't get done. I didn't get in the house until close to one because we saw mm-hmm. a ten o'clock show. Yeah, yeah, we went out to dinner and then we saw a ten o'clock show and like a two two a two and a half hour movie. Um, So I got home around one, had to be up by six to be at work by seven. Saturday night, I was out again, and then here I am with you. And I'm coherent, but I am definitely trying to end this show so I can go to bed.
1: All right. Well, then let's go ahead and put a wrap on this. You can find me on the Broadhurst Watkins Sports Report, available here on the W2M Network, myself and Eric Watkins, uh, Sports in Black and White. This week, coming up on BWSR, we have our NBA postseason preview. We cover Omega Ball, which just debuted on Fox Sports 2 over this past weekend, three-team soccer, basically. Um, let's see here What else do we have Talk about talk, Talks about opening week In Major League Baseball And assorted other random Various sports related things on there uh, Life is like a game show This week starts the first of two episodes Dedicated to Family Feud This particular episode Will cover all the hosts Not named Richard Dawson or Steve Harvey So that'll be this week on Life is like a game show And then right after we finish here on TV Party Tonight's The Indie I reset and get ready to do Point of Viewer with Eric Watkins as your host. I am traditionally a disembodied voice. However, I am embodied on this show as we continue the greatest sports movie of all time tournament, The Round of 32, uh, with special guest bracket producer Randy Isbell of the r &R Sports Report, klcz.com out of Lewiston, Idaho.
0: All right, folks. Thank you for joining us here on TV Party Tonight. He's Harry. I'm Mark. Be well. Be safe and behave.